background. So, um, from chapter one, where is it is? Today, the world is, is in birth pangs, being shaken from a, from a natural perception of things observable and awakened to a heightened awareness of things unseen. And that's what we're talking about today is um, uh, your soul. Or, you know, we don't see your soul, um, but our soul is... is um, what we're talking about. Anyway, um, we are being awakened to the glory realm, the atmosphere of God's tangible manifest presence. The spirit realm of heaven is greater reality than the known material universe. One might say it is a meta-reality. For the spirit always affects and overrides the physical. Things which are shifted in the spirit bring direct consequence to the natural realm. These are exciting times as God shifts our concept of reality. He is preparing us for the phenomenal, for the phenomenal, angelic encounters, visitations of Jesus, bizarre miracles, and multitudes of souls coming into the kingdom. The thing which most needs shifting today is us, and that's what we're talking about, where we've got to change. Um, God will not have an end-time church that is depressed, cynical, doubting, religious, or powerless. He will have a church that lives and breathes from a heavenly vantage point, even while their feet, even while our feet are still touching the earth. This church, his church, will be filled with joy, faith, intimacy, and power like no other generation or no previous generation. Yeah. So that kind of sets the stage of what's going on here. And the book title is The Ecstasy, the Ecstasy of Loving God by John Crowder. And that's just the, the intro. Really good book. Um, so again, we'll be focusing on um, toxins. Let me read you this definition of toxins. Um, I guess, guess this is really my definition. The definition of a soul toxin is a poisonous substance produced within people. Um, toxins are capable of causing disease by the absorption of of our soul. We absorb things by um, uh, agreeing to those things. Um, uh, passive agreement or actual, you know, um, active agreement, and both those are dangerous. Toxins vary greatly in their severity. You know, they range from minor to uh, deadly. Our souls are in danger of, of absorbing more and more lethal poison if we do not adjust our, our intake. Um, before you know this meeting, I went to the gym, and I did not have my headphones with me, and so I was subject to um, lots of music lyrics that uh, I do not agree with. And so, as I was actively working my body, I was actively um, defending my soul from being in agreement with um, the lyrics of, of these songs. And you can't be passive, but with that. And sometimes we, you know, we live on this planet, and we will always be um, um, uh, um, exposed to stuff, right? Um, I, I I go to the gym to keep my body in shape, and also to be be a light. Um, but when you're there, and there's that constant barrage of that, so part of my defense is, you know, my headphones. Um, 
but when I don't have my headphones, I have to be, I have to guard my heart, guard my soul from not letting any of those words, those lyrics um, come in and me come in agreement with uh, violence against women or lust or perversion, all that stuff, right? And I can't just be acting like it's not impacting me, but it's trying to change my mindset, it's trying to change my focus, it's trying to change everything. Um, and we can't act like it's just um, background sound. It's 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 a lot that's going on, and we've got to be um, vigilant, I guess is the word, and not act like you know everything's okay, no problem, and that's just the way things are. Um, if you do that, you're setting yourself up for failure. Okay, there's a um, there's a torture technique. Um, um, called uh, Death by a Thousand Cuts. And the premise is um, the enemy will, once you're captured, the enemy will um, in, make a, um, a half-inch cut on your arm or, or your leg, and then you as a captive will, will go, well, that's not a big deal. Um, but, you know, a thousand half-inch cuts on your body um, will slowly kill you right and you'll slowly be infected and that's how that's one of the strategies of the, of the enemy to um, subtly plant a seed subtly subtle subtle very subtly plant something and one little cut one little word one little agreement by itself does nothing but when um, they mount up and you don't do anything about them that's when you're like wow why am I now um, in full rebellion. Well, nothing starts out in full rebellion. It starts off with a slow agreement, a slow turning, and very, very um, little by little, right? So today, tonight, this morning, we'll be talking about, um, <clears throat> um, again, some definitions of souls, of, of soul toxins, We'll be talking about uh, strategy of the enemy, um, talking about how to, you know, once um, toxins are in us and they're in, how do we identify them and how do we deal with them, okay? And then um, we hopefully have time to do some, um, some activations. But the simplicity of it is um, it's all about, you know, the garbage in, garbage out. So we, our goal is, you know, no one knowingly um, drinks poison and knowingly um, um, uh, puts something bad in your system or knowingly goes into an environment without pr protection. As in, uh, we were outside today and, um, or not today, an hour ago, walking to the gym in our winter um, here in the East Coast. And uh, we uh, we bundled up. We probably should have drove, but we we bundled up and we um, made our way to the gym. But we were wearing the, the proper clothing and stuff so that we could get there um, okay and not uh, die in the cold. So we have to realize that we're um, in a fight in a hostile environment, but we're called to overcome and um, make the environment ours 
and not just uh, uh, be subject to the environment, right? And so that's something that we get to do in our, what's going on here? In our spare time or all our time. Anyway, so um, some things I didn't say this morning and that I need to say today or this, this morning, you know, two mornings. Um, some of the good news is um, we were created um, for this uh, environment. Um, everything that uh, your your gifts, your mentality, um, you you were designed to succeed, right? Um, there is uh, now some of us haven't realized all the resources that um, we have access to. Uh, there are resources in your in your character. There's resources in your DNA. There's resources in your intellect. There's resources in your personality that are um, um, that are that are available f uh, for you and with you. Um, a lot of us um, um, haven't um, gone through the inventory that um, that we've been equipped with. And a lot of the things I do with my calling is to help people understand who they are and, and their, their equipping. I don't, uh, I guess I equip a little bit, but it's really more help people unpack what the Lord's placed in them. Um, we have to come to the realization there really is more um, for us. I mean, there's the, all the resources in heaven, which are not far away. They're, you know, uh, 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 an, an inch away from your nose, from the the myriads of angels to the the cloud of witnesses to the seven spirits of God to well, God Himself and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and so when we really size up the landscape, we need to uh, um, really uh, count the enemy and count ourselves and count all the resources that are at our disposal. And um, once you take a take an account of what's going on, you almost get to feel sorry for the for the enemy because um, they really are outnumbered. But lots of times we get caught up into the the moment, the fray, the pressure, and we think we're on our own. Um, and that's a, a very a, a, a classic trick in warfare to deceive. Uh, to be to deceive your opponent, to make them think that they're outnumbered, to make them think that they're outgunned, or um, that there's not that. But that's why the Bible says the just, that's us, live by faith. And it's not faith in what we see; it's faith in what we know and who we know. Okay, and that's and that's what we need to to. Uh, that's where our hope is rooted in into really who we know. So spending time in that relationship with the Father. Um, and he reminds us of who we are. Matter of fact, you, it's, it's almost impossible to walk in your identity without an um, active relationship with the Father. Because he's the one that tells you who you are. And matter of fact, uh, he's the one that you will believe. It's, it's kind of interesting when people tell you who you are in the right way. Um, we sometimes doubt that. But when you hear it um, from the mouth of your Creator, um, there's, there's a greater chance that uh, you'll believe um, what your Father said. But even once you hear that, you don't run off and say, "I'm, you know, I'm the next Son of God or Queen." Da 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 da. You need to stay in His presence so you can be matured. Um, I had a vision one time of 
I saw the Lord you know, holding um, a child, and I saw the child, you know, grow to um, into a, a full, mature lady, and I saw the the conversation between the child, which is now a mature lady, and the Lord in the conversation went something like, "Well, you know, Father, I can stand on my own now. Can you, can I, can you let me down?" And the Lord said to her, "Well, yes, I can, but you're not ready." Um, but there was a big conversation about um, how um, about when, and so the the lady in the father's arms was was impatient, and she thought she was ready to go do her destiny. She thought she was ready to walk in her calling, but you know, father knows best is really really true, um, and um, um, and I watched this conversation to where she actually worked her way out of the arms of our father and walked off to do what she thought she needed to do. And I could see the expression on the father's face that he knew she wasn't ready. Um, he knew what mature was. He knew um, uh, what she was capable of. And um, I don't know how, you know, the timing of was it a, another minute in his arms that had been she'd been ready or was it another hour or a day or what you know period of time but it was amazing that um we with our will can leave can leave his presence um wanting to do the right thing but um in our you know i don't know independence or you could call it stupidity whatever it is uh, we sometimes you know leave too early um I guess the motive is right, but um, I think there's a bit of um, um, of the enemy wooiness from the father's arms, and um, we need to stay there until he says go, and not uh, be overly anxious in, in a wrong way. And that's kind of how you know the Eve thing happened. Up, you know, she got in conversation with somebody else, and. Um, because it, it wasn't a you know uh, a three-minute conversation that led to um, Adam and Eve's deal. It was probably over a period of time that she was wooed, and they were both wooed away from um, total dependency upon the father. <sighs> Sadness. Okay, so let's look at some of these toxins, right? Um, Matthew 15 verse 19. It says, for out of your heart come evil thoughts. Um, Amplified says, um, reasonings and disputings and um, designs, such as murder, adultery, sexual vice, theft, false witnessing, slander, and um, irreverent speech. You know, um, someone go on mute. And so these, these things, you know, the first time I read this scripture, it was like, well, you know, how do you go from a pure heart to where you want to commit murder, right? Um, how does that transition occur? And, and you can watch, you know, movie mysteries or biographies of people who were were fine and then one day become serial killers. And I remember one, I recall one story about some serial killer that um, in some interview, he he blamed the fact that on some birthday, he didn't get a birthday cake, and that was his reason for um, 
committing these horrendous crimes and there was lots of murders and so you see that the issue is we can't you know whatever we let grow in our soul um, will impact um, our lives our spirit in one way or another way so obviously this boy let this um, um, disappointment um, grow um, into a way that it just you know went out of control you know and um, the thing is you look at that and you go how can that be and then those kind of stories hopefully will drive you in a right way to check your heart to see what's been planted there and then go to the father and say hey is there any I mean the psalmist says is there any wicked way in me um, we shouldn't be surprised on the how we should be more uh, working on what's growing there um, because whatever grows in your soul will impact your spirit will impact your life and and don't get busy being detective and spending time on how did that get here just um, and, and we'll be focusing on not really the how but um, what are you going to do with it okay and so some of us get you know um, um, that was called uh, the analysis of uh, the paralysis of analysis you know we get in that cycle of how how could this happen how could this happen how well it's happened and we're all in that same boat there's some areas in our lives where there's more toxin more poison more seeds than than others but the issue is is when Jesus is talking about it he says that little seed can grow up to something as bad as murder um, as bad as adultery as bad as you know vices and theft these things happen from a small thing and um, one way or another we've uh, in a passively let these things grow up and um, we need to um, work on not letting those things grow up is, is the deal so um, that's good so those are some of the toxins I guess full-blown grown out stuff right um, let's look a little bit about how the, the from the enemy's perspective um, and let's shed some light on some of his dark tactics um, we we need to be as wise as serpents and that doesn't mean that we're like the enemy but we need to know the enemy's tactics okay and that um, that's a valuable thing to know uh, what's going on in the um, um, in his council and you know there's uh, um, the, uh, that's part of wisdom to, to have a an, an understanding um, not that we give um, allegiance to but we can't be ignorant of, of spiritual things and ignorant of the ways of the enemy um, that scripture in Corinthians I think it's first Corinthians 14 it's not 13 one I think it's 14 one you know to be not uh, the, the literal version says be not ignorant of spiritual things and um, and that's not only the spiritual things of God him and his ways but it's also all things in the spirit and I think the season we're living in uh, a lot of the things of the spirit the ways of God the ways of the kingdom are being revealed because we need to be more versed and seasoned and um, 
um, familiar with how things actually um, happen in the kingdom. Um, and even as what I quoted, um, as I read from that book by John Crowder, um, we, we're the ones who get to live in two realms, right? And we need to be um, comfortable, um, not novices in the spiritual realm. Uh, we need to be, uh, I guess professional is the wrong word, but we need to be um, um, well-versed, um, not amateurs. Um, we need to understand, right, what's going on. That's, that's not the verse either. Hmm. It's one of those verses. Okay, so let's look at this um, Matthew 13 verses 24 to 25 um, it's one of parables that Jesus talked about it says another parable he set forth before them saying the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field but while he was sleeping his enemy came and sowed um, weeds that looked like wheat and then went on his way and again this just talks again about you know um, things which grow in our soul, right? Um, it's good that the man did the right stuff and sowed good seed, but he was unaware that an enemy came in. And it's interesting in this verse, it talks about that it's his enemy. It's not um, the earth's enemy. It's not uh, God's enemy. It's our enemy. So we have an adversary and we need to be vig vigilant and diligent with our lives. And to be, we need to be aware of what's going on in our field. Right. Uh, we just can't be nonchalant about stuff. Uh, we need to be responsible um, for our field and take account. Um, that's not being legalistic. It's just, you know, what's going on on the inside. Right. Um, now, the thing is, the Bible's real clear. that says that, you know, no man knows his own heart. That's why we get to go to the father and say, hey, I don't want to judge myself wrongly. I don't want to look at my field and wrongly discern good seed versus bad seed and if you read the rest of this parable that's what was going on but the only one who really knows our heart is the father that's why relationship with him is so important that's why we've got to um, spend time with him to say hey and then we and then when he points out something he says hey i see some pride there we don't fall apart and go oh my gosh there's pride it's just like oh Wow, and we need to agree with God and go, yes, I agree, that's pride. And we need to give it to him, and then he can pull it out of our heart, right? And he can deal with that uh, in a right way. If we try to do uh, self-surgery, it really is, you know, that that ugly picture of us with a scalpel and knife and a mirror trying to cut open our chest and using the spreader and without any anesthesia and trying to... Um, with all the blood, you know, trying to find something and fix it in our heart. That is impossible, right? And um, so I don't recommend um, individuals in, by yourselves trying to fix yourself um, without uh, the Holy Spirit, with the Father, without them guiding you and leading you. Um, and that is just a sign of independence, and we're not called to be independent. We're called to be very dependent upon the Father, okay? 
Um, another strategy, so this one strategy is the enemy will wait till we're sleeping or unaware and plant seeds. Okay. Another one um, that's in the scriptures that really is an attempt to make us a victim and really change our mentality to a victim mindset. You know, there's a big difference between a uh, a victor mindset and a victim mindset. When we see situations, um, we, it's the old deal about the you know, is the glass half empty or half full? Um, is 2014 going to be a, a great year when God's going to do great things? Or is 2014 going to be another chance for the devil to kick my butt? Right? How we perceive our future um, is is driven by how we what's really in our heart. Okay, so if you have a negative perspective on tomorrow, whether it be tomorrow, tomorrow, or tomorrow the year, um, that is a sign that there is something that's grown up in your heart that's affecting your view of the future. Okay, I'll repeat that again. If there's, and this is just a clue. If you have, if, uh, and it's, it's rare that we um, know that we're negative. But that's what we have friends for. Our friends, who if they're good friends, they'll tell you, hey, why do you have a negative perspective about the year, the weekend, the month? Uh, uh, what's the classic one? Wow, why do you talk bad about the denomination? You know, a lot of us came out of denominations, and we look back at the denomination. We have not good thoughts and memories about that. Those are seeds that we've let grown up, grow up. Um, and we're we're supposed to be able to take a, um, with the Lord's help, obviously, to look at a hurtful situation, and and believe God, which says that all things work together for good. And so, depending upon the amount of toxin that's active in your in your life, that that will uh, that will show you your ability to actually agree wholeheartedly keyword again is wholeheartedly your heart you know if you get a lot of toxin you don't believe that you you go well he didn't he couldn't use that because it was so bad and you'll and you're still reliving that pain now again like the quote from the movie um, danger and pain is real but reliving it the uh, living and rehearsing the pain and what you went through that is not what you need to do, okay? So, looking again at this parable, um, this is the one in Luke 10, um, verses 24 to 38. Um, this parable, um, in a lot of our Bibles, is called the parable of the Good Samaritan. Um, we're going to focus not on the Samaritan. We're going to focus on um, the guy. So it says there was a certain man that was going from Jerusalem down to Jericho. And he fell among robbers who stripped him of his clothing um, and belongings and beat him. And they went their way, uh, leaving him half dead. So that's not a good situation. Um, um, I, I've met uh, some people who've actually you know, been in this you know, almost just like this. I met a guy um, in the natural that... You know, came out of the service. Oh, I met him when he was homeless, and I asked him, "Well, how did this happen?" And this this parable was his life. You know, uh, he 
got he met some people they took everything he had and he had no money and he ended up homeless and it was bad you know but looking in the scripture i mean we kind of peel this out a little bit <clears throat> um Um, I believe that um, this parable gives us some insight into another strategy of the enemy. Um, the enemy's goal, he, you see here that the robbers left him um, half dead. Um, the first time I read that, I always wondered why they left him half dead and just didn't kill him. You know, And when I had that thought, the, the Holy Spirit pretty much kind of whispered in my ear and said... Um, the the strategy of the enemy is not to kill you it's to make you he wants to make you an ally to his side um to make you i said earlier today an evangelist for um this deal he wants you to have a testimony of you recalling how bad it was he wants it to be where you know forever and ever this guy um this certain man would always talk about he's never going to Jericho again because the last time he went there, he got robbed and lost his clothes and stuff, and they beat him. They left him half dead. You've you know people and have heard people that re recall their testimony of bad, and the testimony never turns into what God has done. And um, the enemy does seek to leave half dead people around. Because half-dead people are great advertisements for um, for people who almost trusted God, right? Um, but if you let the seeds, if you let the enemy's strategy have full um, effect in your life, um, you kind of get stuck here. So let's look how this, this could have happened and how the enemy seeks to make us a victim and not overcomers, right? So... Um, it says here they stripped them of the, of the clothes. I think it's a three-fold assault on our soul, right? And we know from lots of teachings that our soul is our mind, will, and emotions. I believe that the, the clothing relates to um, our, our mind. So a first wave of an attack of the enemy is to attack your mind, your mentality, to attack your identity, right? He wants to plant seeds in there, words, words from authority, words from people, words from books, words from movies, all kinds of situations where, you know, wow, you're, why would you think well of yourself? You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. He wants to set your mindset up to have a, of a victim mentality, right? Um, and it's, I think, it's the first wave of the attack is to attack your identity. And if he's successful in attacking your identity, I think that gives place to attacking your belongings. I believe in this case here, the belongings represent your emotions um, to where you're you're not trusting, um, uh, you're not caring, you're not giving. Um, this Those emotions, it's hard to, we won't accomplish much on this planet if we can't work with other people, if we, we can't trust others, right? And if you don't trust others, it's hard to walk in your destiny uh, without, but with your emotions wounded, right? Uh, wounded people create other wounded people, and they uh, uh, reject help. They reject resources. They reject because they don't trust, because they're thinking you're going to take their stuff. 
So their feelings, they have walls up, right? They're guarding and they're touching, you know. So I think the second wave is they attack your belongings. That impacts your destiny because you're now your emotions are engaged and no one's going to touch you again. You're not going to open yourself up for anything. That's a bad deal, right? Because I've learned that when I shut down my emotions, I was also shutting off the Lord, and that's not good. Um, if you shut down your emotions of giving love, it's hard to receive love, right? And that's a that's a big deal. So the, the enemy was very effective in my life for a long period of time. I believe the third wave in there is it says they, they beat him. And... Um, um, you know, in your imagination or popping a video, that beating, a physical beating or a pressure or stress um, really tries to, to break your will. I think uh, that third deal, the, the beating, your personal beating, is really about your will, your ability to make decisions. The Bible is clear that it says the righteous man falls um, lots of times, seven times, but gets up again. Um, if the enemy can give you can get you to give up, to um, choose not to stand again, to choose not to believe, to choose not to hope, then he's really got you, because the Bible is clear. It says that you know if you draw near to God, if you choose to take a step towards Him, He will come towards you. So the flip of that is if you decide to not go near God then God's not coming near you, right? Because he already has sent his son Jesus. He's already demonstrated love. So his love is already reaching out towards us. But we have the, he made us so powerful that we can turn our back on the best things since everything, right? That's, and that's all our will. We have the ability to say no to the goodness of God. If, if, if the enemy is successful of slapping your identity out of your mind, hitting your emotions to where you've lost your destiny, and then getting you to, and breaking your will to where you do no longer choose him, then that's that's bad, right? And I believe that's the ultimate, you know, target of the enemy to to hit those three areas to where we're half dead and we're not willing to live, right? And we're just sitting there in a puddle of blood. Um, but yay for the good Samaritan who came along. And that's what God still comes along. When, if this happens to us, um, we can um, reach up and take his hand. Um, I have, you know, I've prayed with people who didn't want prayer. Let me rephrase that. I tried to pray with people. You know, you look at their situation and you offer a hand, you offer to help them. And they go, no, I don't want that. And I'm like, how could you not want help? It's because they've been, they've lost their identity. They don't believe they have a destiny. And they've been beaten so bad by circumstances and situations that they don't believe they can choose good. And it's it's a horrible deal. And the only thing that I've seen that, that works on that is really, you know, uh, real love will break through that hardness, you know. And, um, and it really is a hardness because I, because at that point, you know, we're talking about the soul, the toxins. I believe that the goal of the enemy is to get so much toxin or words and stuff in your heart that it becomes hard. 
and a hard heart. You know, it says that uh, it's harder to win a brother. Uh, uh, it's harder. It's harder to win a brother who has a hard heart than to take on a walled city, right? And so, uh, if the enemy can get you to shut down, to forget who you are, to um, to uh, um, not trust and to not choose to not say yes to him then i mean you're you're almost out right um but it's amazing how god still um sends people sends all kinds of stuff even if you're there um half dead okay he he loves the uh um he loves resurrections right so um there's always hope in him but again, the enemy is trying to knock all that out of you, right? And we're not going to be those, okay? We're not going to be that um, half-dead one. Um, as I, as that's in the notes, um, I believe that a, a poisoned or, or a, a hard heart, um, it well, it spews um, and oozes out poison, okay? If the enemy is effective of, of getting that toxin, those words, those thoughts that that damage that wrong circumstances to uh, to grow in your heart, um, you'll um, will influence yourself for sure, but you'll also influence your sphere of influence. Um, everybody has a sphere of influence. A minimum, it's yourself. Um, a, a maximum, it's millions of people the bible says that we are a letter read by everybody so people that who are around you um can see your garden right they can see what's what fruits in there they can see what weeds are in there and you're having an influence you're a walking advertisement for who um who you trust right um you you can't out talk them but definitely your words um, you were created to be, to you were created to be like like Jesus on the earth, to where your words would be spirit and truth, your words be um, life, right? And if there are weeds, poisons, toxins in you in you, then people around you are being influenced and affected by that, right? Um, now, so that's just true. Um, but we're going to be the ones that um, learn how to deal with these toxins, right? And we're not going to be puppets of the enemy to where we're out there spewing his lies and living from hard-hearted hardness and broken-hearted and, and we're not the um, half-dead. Um, we are John 10, 10 people who um, know the way, know the truth, know the life, and we're walking in abundant life, right? That, that from our outflow is, is abundance. And if we're not there in abundant life now, we will be because we have our eye on our Father and we're allowing Him to work in us and with us, right? Uh, we're not passive. We're not just planting good seed and sleeping and letting the enemy sow seed and go, where'd that come from? You know, um, we're not going to be those people. We're going to be led by the Holy Spirit and um, stay close with him, you know, and not be far away. Um, so 
you know, how do we do that? Well, we got to keep our eyes open, right? We're not going to be the farmer, like I said, who planted seed and get, was surprised with, well, actually, the, his, the servants of the farmer were surprised. He was like, hmm, okay. He knew the wiles, the schemes of the enemy, right? So he wasn't unaware, and he depended upon um, uh, not his servants. He depended on, on, on wisdom to uh, do the right thing. So, so how do we um, know there's toxins? Well, we, we, again, we don't get paranoid and go, I'm full of toxins. The devil's in me. We don't get all weird. We get, we get all rest, right? Uh, we just, we lean into him. We don't lean into our understanding. We don't get caught into that cycle of how can this be? How can this be? How can this be? It's like, okay, Father, Thank you for your love, right? We rest in him. We trust in him and say, wow. You know, uh, there's some psalm that says, um, uh, it's, it's one of those David psalms, you know, right around where he says, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. And he says, uh, it's a song from way long time ago. It goes, I'm yours, Lord. You know, see if there be any wicked way in me. You know, that's that's when you know him as a friend, when you can go to him and say, Father, is there any wicked way in me? How could it be a wicked way? This is you know, this is David. He's close to God, and he goes to his king, his lord, his friend, his lover, and says, hey, by the way, you know, in the middle of worship, is there any wicked way in me? You know, have I let them grow up that I'm not taking care of my garden? And that's what we need to do. So our first way of identifying stuff is out of a relationship. Not out of independence, but out of a relationship. Um, so obviously relationship with the Father. Um, but sometimes we are so busy, we we don't expose our heart to the Father and say, hey, is there any wicked way in us? Um, uh, so that's what we have friends for. And so we have, hopefully we have good friends that will tell us the truth, right? Uh, if not, we've got friends who are not good friends who will tell us what they think. And if we will take what they say, you know, and take those mean criticisms, they how can they say that, <laughs> you know, and take it to the Lord and say, Father, you know, this guy, this girl says all this stuff. Surely I cannot be this bad. Well, since you love your father and we do love God, um, there may be some truth to what your mean associate said. Um, so we can't we can't live in a bubble. Um, the Lord uses people in that scripture: "Iron sharpens iron." So does one man sharpen another? That's not about believers and believers. That's people and people, right? Um, the biggest iron sharpening iron happens in, in marriages, right? Um, you have two loving people come together and. Next thing you know, God is going, okay, let's get sharp, right? Because God's plan for your life is to be conformed to the image of Christ Jesus, right? And so um, that's what he does. So your your spouses are um, a good source of what's going on in you, you know? And then you, need, you don't need to guard your heart. You need to take their words and go to God and say, wow, my wife said this. What do you say? You know, or my husband says this all the time. What do you say? <laughs> you know, and then get a 
yep, that's true, or no, I'm working on him or her. You know, you got to find out. But the the key thing about um, toxins, they they will come to the surface, and because you're in relationship with the Lord, um, you would, should go first to Him when something comes up. Don't try to deal with it just yourself. Okay, that just leads to a mess, right? And and definitely don't. Um, um, uh, it's not time for like get advice from other people unless you know they've gone through that too, and that's a good source of that too. Hi. Okay, now that we've got some toxins identified, either from our friends or from our best friend, the lover of our soul, the Holy Spirit, how do we get these things out of our soul, right? Um, some of us, you know, we go, I used to like, I'd go to a church meeting or a conference and, you know, something would be identified, whether it be pride or independence or something. And my response was to get saved again. So I'd run forward and, and get saved again. And some of us do that, you know, oh, God, look at me. I'm a mess. And we go forward, you know, and that's a good start, but don't stay there. You know, I think I got saved before 1981. I got saved like every every month for about five years. So according to my books, I got saved probably, I don't know, a couple hundred times. Now, I know when I look at the book of life is one time, but. I would go forward every time something was identified in my heart that I knew was grievous to the Lord. I'd go forward and, and repent. So it's all about repentance, right? But, um, yeah, it's a good scripture. Okay. So um, let's see here. So we're going to talk about um, um, a couple of ways to deal with uh, toxins and the and the word the Lord got, gave me was to flush these toxins out of your out of your soul, and I think he, I got that from that's a way that you in the natural you do some cleansings or detoxes you do a flushing, and so I'm going to talk about three different ways that we uh, flush out toxins. Okay, um, so one way is. Um, uh, Ephesians 5, 25 to 27, that we can, by the, Jesus cleanses the church by the washing of water, the washing the water of, of his word. And so, um, so we can, um, you don't need to know what the toxin is, but it's a good thing to stay clean by washing, right? Uh, it's not about, Oh look, there's a big pride stock. I need to go get the 25 verses of pride. Don't do that. That'll just make you religious. Okay, you'll become a great Pharisee. I know that for a fact because I was one. I was a great Pharisee. I had a scripture for everything. I got good at it. I could cut you. You wouldn't know you were bleeding how well I could cut you, because I was using the word as a sword to deal with every issue. And that's what will happen if you try to just use the word to deal with stuff. Okay, what you need to do is use the living word. Well, what's the difference between the word and the living word? It's a big difference. Okay, um, and hopefully you don't have friends like I was. I could give you a scripture for everything. Okay, 
or <laughs> some of you heard that that was my wife in the background saying or husband okay but the point being is um you need the living word what's the difference between the living word and a passive word if you use a scripture and we know the word is sharp right um it's sharper than any two-edged sword and you go places and they say hold up your sword you know but the word that the father speaks to you is living word and um the washing of the water that talks about for a woman in the in the hebraic culture uh, the water in the temple was living water it was fresh water it was moving water it was water that uh um uh, that was uh, alive, right? So the living water is words which the Father has directly spoken to you, um, or words, prophetic words, right? Or words that I like to say that you're reading your Bible, and you're reading, 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 and all of a sudden this verse or several verses just leap off the page to you, and like, wow, um, some the old King James word is it's quickened to you, right? It's quickened in your spirit. And uh, um, and that's that's the living word. Uh, when I was preparing this, I wrote this down. Um, it's in your it's in the notes, not well my notes which I gave to you guys. Um, there's a difference between what is written or the logos word and what he speaks, the rhema word. Um, what's the purpose for reading your scriptures? Well, I used to read it because someone told me to. Very legalistically, read your Bible a day. Read, 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 read. But my new thought is, read your Bible so that he, Father God, can interrupt your reading by speaking to you. Now, don't do what I used to do. God, don't speak to me now. I'm busy. I'm trying to learn about you. Never do that. I, I did that lots of times. I'd be studying. Holy Spirit would try to lead me someplace. And I would say, excuse me, can you come back? I'm I'm trying to nail this point here and <laughs> the holy spirit's the issue the paraclete the closest one to you knows you inside and out it's always good to, to go his way and not what the not the way you think okay and so do not be arrogant or prideful or whatever that was um he knows best okay um so as he leads you to a living effective scripture those are the words you use. It, you don't need to understand what it's for. You just need to believe that it's effective. Let me say that again. You don't need to go, oh, I feel full of pride today. I'm going to go get my concordance and get all the verses of pride and how God hates pride and all those things. I'm going to not do that, right? Because that's not good. Um, 